Hello, hello. Welcome to my very first podcast episode. My name is Lisa Nickel, and I will be your podcast host uh, and your, you know, spirit guide, meditation teacher, life coach, kind of all wrapped into one. And so I just wanted to start off the podcast. Um, you know, thank you for listening. I'm happy you're here. And this podcast is really, my intention behind it is to really um, bring together both the sacredness of each of us as humans in, you know, this human form and also the, like, grounded into the everyday because we are living in a world that, you know, is challenging to say the least sometimes and, but we're also timeless souls and so I wanted to do a podcast that combined both aspects and as we go through each episode you know we're exploring these topics we're exploring our sacredness as well as exploring how do we bring that sacredness and work with it in our everyday lives to make our lives work better in the long run right all right so this first episode is just me, you know, going through my journey, how I got here to make this podcast, and, you know, sort of where I've been just to get to know you and get to know me. Um, and then the other episodes will get into different, very various topics, and so we'll see. You'll see as they unfold um, how, that, how that goes. Alright, so I've already said it. My name is Lisa Nicola. You probably know my name, at least, if nothing else, um, if you've come across this podcast. Uh, I am currently, you know, a certified meditation teacher and a life coach and, you know, Reiki teacher, engineer, uh, and sort of um, a spiritual guide, a spiritual seeker. Uh, I'm always trying to put the sacred into my daily life because uh, my life works better when I have them combined and not you know my sacredness is somehow put in a container and I take it out when I feel safe enough to take it out but then the rest of the time it's put away in a drawer I am at this point in my life trying to integrate and weave that sacredness into everything that I do uh, and so this is sort of where I'm at with it. Uh, I grew up as a kid. We moved around a lot. We were, you know, Catholic uh, officially in our household, um, practicing pretty regularly for most phases of my life. Uh, and I sort of, I always enjoyed, you know, the Jesus story. I really did not... Um, enjoy the rules and the sort of good and bad um, or a conditional love that the church preaches as far as you know you need to do this this and this you can't be this this and that or somehow God's love is not actually you know you're not worthy and so that never rang true with me uh, and so I was always aware you know, regardless of what you think of religion, I was always aware of, you know, that there was a God or there was, 
you know, an intelligent organizing system in this universe. And that love is always the answer. There's no, you know, there's no nothing more ultimate than love. And so as I went through my childhood, um, that was sort of the basis. Um, just, you know, accept it or don't accept it, but that's, um, you know, being Catholic is what it is or being whatever other religion. Uh, and that's sort of, the, that's it. I wasn't exposed to a lot of people or any people really that were spiritual in their own right without it being sort of really closely related to a religion. Um, so I first met Deepak or came across the name Deepak Chopra when I was in first year university. Uh, so that was, what is it? I guess it wasn't, I wasn't in first year. It was around 2000. Uh, so I would have been nearly finished university, actually. Um, and around 22. Uh, so I had found, I love reading, by the way, just another thing about me. I love tea as well. Um, but that doesn't really have so much to do with this story. Uh, but I did... I do love reading. So here I am in a bookstore randomly just looking around because I love doing that. Um, and I came across this book that was on a shelf and it was How to Know God was the book that it, of his. And it just struck me as an interesting title. And so I picked it up, thought it would, you know, be interesting if nothing else. Um, because Deepak was a doctor, like a medical doctor, and so I really thought that would be an interesting combination because there wasn't anybody or many people at that point talking about, you know, spiritual, you know, God, uh, the universe, however you want to think of it, and also from a science background. And I was at the time finishing out my engineering degree, and so that really sort of struck me as very interesting and so the book literally blew my mind it was the first thing I'd ever read or heard of um you know really inter like just deep conversations and interesting research that you know led to the idea that there's the universe is you know whether you want to call it god goddess divine wisdom, the universe, you know, there is something bigger than ourselves out there. And it is an organizing um, power for love. And so also just the various things on consciousness really struck me like different levels or different ways you can see the world. Um, and more with more meaning than just the two or three dimensional world we have where it's just literally the material, you know, things in front of us. Like, I see a fan or I see, you know, this house or a car. So that was the very, very start of my, kind of my own, like, create my own adventure as far as me developing my own spiritual um, interests and led by myself, not something external you know, telling me this is how it is. And so uh, that has been a lifelong thing. And at this point, I'm 43. And so it's been a couple decades at this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
so yeah so needless to say i read his book i read more books of his he has a, a, i don't know almost literally like a hundred books and then anytime he you know is in a town that i'm in uh i go listen to him speak because i do really enjoy just floating away thinking about what he's pondering at the time as well um and so that was the very first time I started my meditation practice. Um, it was not, uh, you know, it was inconsistent. It was random. I was never really sure if I was doing it correctly. It was extremely, like, just haphazard and whatever I, you know, if there was an example in a book or there was something on the internet when the internet started to become more popular, that was, that was me. So fast forward... A bunch of years. Uh, I'm working as an engineer. I have three children. I'm married. Um, but my marriage was ending and so we were separating and that was an extremely, extremely rough time in my life. Uh, it was basically, you know, full-on crisis mode in my personal life and I had at the same time a really challenging project at work which was extremely demanding and um you know so in more than one way my life was you know demanding more of me if you want to want to think of it that way uh i got to the point where i realized that i needed to get some new tools to cope with stress to cope with just anxiety to cope with you know, just the, all the feelings that I was filtering through on my way to healing, but not there. I'm just in the messy, shitty middle, you know? And so I needed to get some more tools because I didn't feel like I was coping all that well. <laughs> Although it probably looked okay from the outside, but like really it was a freaking daily struggle. And so I just needed to learn how to integrate and, you know, changes and challenges and to kind of roll with things a little bit more than just having no bandwidth for any, anything else. Uh, so that was when I started, you know, I committed to meditating regularly. I actually signed up for uh, a primordial sound meditation course that was given through the Chopra Center, which is, you know, owned by Deepak or ran, run by him. Uh, I love learning. I just love the process of learning or just experiencing something new and really kind of diving into it to get to really know it or master it. And so I thought taking the course was perfect because it would allow me to learn something new on a deeper level, but also just hopefully, you know, encouraged me to meditate regularly whether it was that type of meditation or any other type and so I really you know it anchored meditation into my lifestyle um, and this was around 2015 so it was not all that uh, long ago uh, I was you know around I think that would have been made me 36 <laughs> um and so there was, you know, that project that I was telling you about, which was extremely challenging, was mainly challenging, or the most challenging part of it was, you know, a person uh, that I had to work with on a daily basis that was just a real um, challenge would be, 
you know, a small word to describe that, but it was just a nightmare. And so, you know, I got to the point where even though I was meditating regularly, I, um, I wasn't, uh, I don't think I was, you know, I think I started to get a little lackadaisical with it again. I, you know, I would do it and then I wouldn't do it. And, and then when I'm more stressed, my first instinct was to drop it um, because, you know, I was too stressed, too busy. Um, but really, in hindsight, I should have meditated more. <laughs> so, you know, at one point I got to the, you know, I got to the point where I was so done with it all. Like, I could not deal with this person anymore. I, I had run through every way of dealing with difficult people and negotiating and any kind of tactics I'd asked around for help to see what other people's, you know, recommendations would be. And nobody had anything new that I hadn't already tried. And so, you know, I sort of surrendered at that point because I had given up. Like, I had no more, like, ideas or skills to deal with this person. And so I literally sat on my bedroom floor and just was like, okay, listen, you know, talking to the universe because I do that regularly and I'm just sitting there saying listen this is now your thing like I have no idea how to get out of this or fix this or move it through like if I literally have to work with this person till the end of the project I just don't even know how I'm gonna do it so I sat down you know meditated before bed and it was a really it was the first meditation that I had done in a long while where I'd actually been more at peace um, because I, I had just literally like decided to take this problem off my plate and give it to God or give it to the universe or give it to the divine. And so it was like sweet relief. It really was. And so I slept better than I had in ages. My mind just felt more at peace. And finally it was like, oh, okay. I could feel my body like just starting to relax and like, the tightness just was, you know, dissipating. And so, you know, and literally, I, I, I really kid you not, like, it, this is still, every time I think about it, it was just the most jaw-dropping thing I'd experienced in a while. Um, the next day, the very next day, I went, you know, into work, because whatever, even if it's hard, you just got to show up. So, you know, I went into work. I had a meeting where this person was part of the meeting. And, you know, that he didn't, hadn't arrived. He never showed up. And so I asked, you know, one of the other people at the meeting, like, what, you know, where was he? What happened? And they said, he's no longer on the project. And so he's not going to be attending these meetings anymore. And I could not freaking believe my good luck I could not I literally just couldn't believe it really and so and I'm not saying that meditation is like you know literally directly responsible for that but the synchronicity of that was beyond any doubt and so you know the rest of the project continued on it was much more you know it went way more smoothly and I just still think back to that and think, like, what the heck was that about? Like, it was amazing. And so the f speed 
with which I, you know, between the surrender and the, you know, the change where the, where he was gone off the project was literally like 12 hours or I don't know how many hours, but less than a day. I couldn't believe, I couldn't, I still sometimes I'm like, what the hell, like, what the heck? And so thank God, you know, like, and those are the things that we have to be open to. I think in that experience, really the lesson for me, because I do have a tendency to want to control things and to just try and push them through. And that was one where I could not do that. And I was, I had given it up. And so, and then, you know, in a freaking snap, it's all completely gone. <laughs> I couldn't believe it and you know I still use that as a lesson if I can feel myself trying to push something through um, I just think of that and you know ease up and let myself surrender into like the flow or the timing or the you know the energetic vibe of the situation and like when is it a good time to push when is it a good time to you know, ease back, lean back, and just let some other things happen, you know? And so, yeah, that was my big takeaway there. Uh, and that is really when my meditation became, like, literally something that I do not do, or something that I do not live without doing on a weekly or daily basis. I don't want to say I meditate every day because I, you know, I have three kids I, that I birthed. I have two bonus kids. I have a partner. I have a lot of different responsibilities through work and personal life. And so it is a lot. Uh, but I meditate regularly, you know, at least three or four times a week just so that I can get back to myself. So that all of the things that I do externally you know, that pull you out, that pull you outside of yourself, that bring you too far out into the, you know, this literal world that we see in front of our face. Um, I need the meditation to come back into myself and into the world that you cannot see directly with your two eyes and, and the magic that that has and the power that that has. When I reconnect with that, when I go back out into the, you know, our world that we see with our two eyes, you know, I am more effective. I am more of a loving person. I, it's, everything just works better. Uh, and like I said earlier, the more stressed I am or the more shitty things are going, um, that's now at this point, I am, you know, I've realized enough through trial and error that, meditation is even more important at that point or or my rituals around like you know sacred rise and just having sacred space to reconnect with my soul and reconnect with the magic that is like in the world but not directly visible um that is something that is super key to my happiness to my any successes i've had any meaningful you know meaning to create a life that I find has meaning for me and feels fulfilling. It's, it would not happen if it was not for that. 
um, commitment. And so, sorry, I'm getting a little off track. Okay, so that was the start of my consistent meditation practice. Because uh, after that I was sold. <laughs> it was obvious that something I had, you know, who knows what exactly was going on, but something pretty awesome was going on. And meditation was part of that. And so here I am, a regular meditator. Um, I knew, you know, I do like teaching. I do like um, deeping, you know, diving into some topic so thoroughly that I could teach it even if I don't teach it. And so I knew at that point that I was going to be a meditation teacher at some point. But I was at that, you know, literally I'm a, you know, structural engineer. It's like, how in the heck are, is a meditation teacher going to fit with that? I couldn't see the vision for it yet. But I knew even if I didn't do anything with it as far as work, that I would like to become trained for it so that I could just deepen my knowledge of meditation and all the background. So doesn't life have some funny ways of bringing me what I need? <laughs> and as well as everyone here, right? For each of us, life has its own funny ways, like just ironic idios like synchronicities, flows, whatever you want to call it. It's just sometimes it's friggin' laughing at us. I think the universe laughs at us. <laughs> Anyways. All right. So, you know, I knew at that point that I wanted to be a meditation teacher. I sort of set that intention, like, here's something I'd like to do in the future. I just didn't have any plan for, like, how. But at this point, I kind of knew, like, I'll, you know, I'll say that I'd like to do that to myself, and then we'll just see where life goes, right? So, you know, I think started to work out better at work. And, you know, I was meditating. I was more patient. I was more kind. I was all these good things. Uh, so funny enough, you know, relationships work better, co-workers, you know, we all get along better. I was a better boss at work because I was listening better and more patient. Uh, the kids and I were adjusting and healing from divorce and <clears throat> things were just sort of settling into a nice, a nice flow. I had met a guy that I, I've, I had known for a while and you know, he's become my boyfriend, my partner, uh, and that was working out pretty well. All of this was going along until the Christmas of 2017, and that is when my boyfriend got deathly ill, like, within a few days, and went into a coma for a week, and it was the most shocking thing I'd ever experienced, where it was literally life and death, and I had gone home for Christmas, which my parents live um, in PEI, Prince Edward Island in Canada. I live in Ottawa, by the way, in Canada. I'm not sure. Maybe that just so you know, since we're getting to know each other. Uh, and so I had left, um, I don't know, a couple of days before he went into the hospital, maybe two or three days. And he, you know, something, he was a little sick, like with a cold or something like that, but it, and he was worn down, but it's right before Christmas. And so, you know, we were kind of just, you know, it's a regular thing. Maybe we're just extra tired because of the rush in the fall for work. And now, you know, can't wait for the Christmas break to kind of re-energize yourself. 
And so, you know, it didn't seem like anything at the point, the point when I left. Uh, but we talked the, you know, over the next few days and he was mentioning, you know, he had stayed home from work and he now he had a fever and, and then he, you know, had this huge pain in his leg and there was weird things that were happening, but he wasn't, he has never been one to, um, really complain much or anything like that. So it was hard to gauge how serious it was based on what he was saying. And so, you know, uh, it came up that on Christmas day, I think it was literally Christmas day, or maybe it was, I think it was maybe Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was Christmas. It was the 23rd actually, sorry. And so it, it, you know, the next day he, he mentions that he'd called his mom and, you know, she had thought maybe he had this, maybe he had that. So he should go to the hospital and get it checked out. Uh, cause she was a nurse, um, before she retired. So he was going to do that, but he was going to, you know, maybe he was going to have another nap and then see if it was worse or whatever. And so that went on for another, maybe a day. Um, and then overnight he at some point went to the hospital and so his brother actually had called and said that him and his mom were going to drive over because you know my boyfriend had been admitted to the hospital overnight and I was thinking what the hell and anyway so then my boyfriend called and he was you know in he had been in the emergency room and they, you know, it seemed more serious than even he thought. And that he was literally going into surgery when he called. And I thought, okay, listen, like, I know that if you can't get a surgery set up in a matter of hours, unless it's really freaking serious. But at that point, he was, you know, I guess they had told him, like, the surgery will make you feel better. It'll be great. But they hadn't actually told them necessarily, like, what you know, the, the potentials were. And so I was thinking this to myself. I didn't want to say anything to him, but so I wished him the best, told him I loved him and that I was going to fly back home like to Ottawa and, um, be there when he got out. And so anyways, yeah, I flew back. It was the 23rd. It was like the first Christmas I'd ever spent totally basically by myself in this, in a hospital with, you know, with him on the brink of like 50-50 chances of him, he ended up having flesh-eating disease. And so with him on the brink of like, you know, maybe he'd lose his foot, maybe he'd lose his leg, maybe he would die. And for about a day or two, it seemed like forever, but I think it was only a day or two where that was, you know, up for debate. But it was right over Christmas Day and I literally had like Christmas dinner at McDonald's down the street from the hospital. And I was like, this is like, what is happening? Like when there's something so sudden, that's just such a change in situation. It's really, really shocking. So anyway, that was Christmas 2017. And that I think he was in the hospital for over a week. And then he was at home recovering and he did in the end, make a full recovery. He didn't lose any limbs. And basically it was a miracle uh, because there was lots of people I talked to after who, you know, regular people as well as the doctors, like the, the chances of making a full recovery 
are slim. Most people die or lose quite a few different limbs. Um, so he did make a full recovery. My birthday was is in January. And so when my birthday came around after Christmas that year, I made, I was feeling so drained. And because being like a support person to somebody who's in crisis is obviously that's what I was going to do. There's no way about, no other way around it, but it is exhausting. And so there needs to be like a time once the crisis is over to sort of uh, rejuvenate your own well, right? And so that's what I did. Like I made a commitment to myself at that point that I was going to um, go on a retreat that was part of the requirements for this meditation teacher training uh, put on by this Chopra Center. And so the, you know, it was a week-long retreat and I signed up and then I was just crossing my fingers <laughs> that there was no other surprises. Like it would just, you know, he continued to get better and life would kind of go back to some, like basically normal. So that was the impetus for actually finally getting to California. I'd never been to California, but I'd obviously heard amazing things about it. And, you know, Deepak, where his retreat is, Carlsbad Springs is like, you know, they call it the sweet spot of the universe. It was, it was awesome. It was perfect for what I needed. And so I felt refueled. I felt, I love the ocean. So like being near the ocean was amazing. And just, um, the vibe there is nice and light and, you know, f it's free. Like people are not, they don't seem as, um, they're a little more like on island time. I like to say that because Prince Edward Island's an island and it's a little more slow going, a little less like stressed with, you know, moving things ahead. And anyways, it was wonderful. So I came back feeling kind of like more on purpose, more energetic, but ready to face my life. And so I also knew that, um, I was going to sign up for the rest of the teacher training now that I had this retreat, which was kind of the main thing that I wasn't sure, you know, how that was going to work, <laughs> how I was going to pull that off. Uh, after I did do that, uh, the rest of it um, was pretty, it came around in an interesting way, which is a whole other story, I guess, which I'll get into in a second. But I do want to say that that I'm recording this podcast in, well, whatever, it's 2022, right? And that uh, retreat was in 2018. And that was the last time that I've taken a break, like a vacation or anything, just myself. I have a weekend retreat planned for a few weeks from now, which I'm really excited about. But literally, I was thinking back and going... God, girl, like you need to put some more like just you time in into your life because <laughs> I don't know, whatever it's been five years is just way too long. So that's unacceptable. So I am from here on out going to make sure that there's, uh, you know, I'm aiming for once a year. So we'll see if I can work that out in 2023 um, and do better. Uh, okay. So I came back from Carlsbad Springs, a new person, you know, feeling very good, feeling reset after that 
health crisis and just a general crisis. Uh, so life was going good. I wanted to do the trainings, but I couldn't, again, I couldn't quite see how, which seems to be a, now that I'm telling, you know, putting this all together, it seems to be a pattern. <laughs> I have a vision, but I have no idea how, which always seems to work out. So I need to let go of the hows, obviously, some more and just like get into it. But so, okay, so that was 2018. There was a part of the training that was online. So I took that in the meantime. Um, that was no problem because it was all like self-study. So I didn't have to, you know, I could just work it around my life, which was how the best way for me to operate at that point. However, then um, we're heading into February 2020. And I had run out of time because when you take the um, the retreat, you have, I think, uh, like two or three years to finish the training. Uh, so I was running out of time to actually take the second half of the training, which was also online, but it was group oriented. And so there were meetings and presentations that I had to be at at specific times. And they were all these weird hours that were, it didn't ever work out for me that they were just in the evenings, like it was during the day or in the middle of the afternoon when I'd be picking the kids up from school. And so I was sort of stressed on how that might go, but I just kept hearing that voice in my head, like, you know, or my heart, it was, my intuition was just kind of like, do it, just do it, just do it, just do it. <laughs> so it was February, 2020. It was like the last day before the class started. And I signed up and I said to the guy when I was enrolling, I'm like, I have no idea exactly how I'm going to do this, but I just have to do it. Something's telling me I have to do this right now. So he just kind of laughed and he, of course, he's from the Chopra Center. So he's like, it'll work out. It'll all, you know, everything, it'll be fine. So no stress from him. It'll be fine. Anyway, so I signed up and took the leap of faith Literally, that course started on February 25th, and we all know what happened to the world in March 2020. COVID hits, everything shuts down, it's a freaking disaster. However, as far as taking this meditation teacher training part, it was the best gift I could have ever received. Uh, because suddenly, I was working from home, there was no meetings, there was no pickup from school, like school was closed for a while, school was online for another while, like it was, there was just a lot of being at home. And so I could make the online meetings, I could make the online presentations for this class without any effort, like I didn't have to do backflips of any kind to rearrange who, where the kids were, what was happening at work, anything. Um, it just effortlessly fell into place and so obviously there's been some huge setbacks with COVID and you know some eye-opening ways that you know society runs that should not be the way society runs but one gift that I have from COVID is that you know that ability to do the teacher training to finish it to become a certified meditation teacher um when really I really I couldn't see how that was going to work otherwise and so it was another one of those experiences where 
you look back and you're just your jaws open and you're like wow like what the hell like you could never have seen that coming nobody saw that coming and so um just the way that the universe organizes itself for um short-term benefits for long-term benefits like it's it's impressive and sometimes when there are setbacks it's um it's a short-term realignment almost more than a complete like setback really in the long run and so yeah that was just another one of those things for me and so once I got the teacher training I you know wanted to med I wanted to teach meditation and so then I there was no in-person anything at that point and so I set up an online business and I you know started doing meditations through that I run uh you know the wellspring goddess collective is a membership group that I run and a lot of the main focus on in that group monthly is meditations live meditations um as a way to just encourage people to dip into their sacredness dip into the mysteries of the universe and to just hear and get clearer when we go get quieter it's so much easier to hear your intuition speaking your heart speaking um your own divine wisdom so that you're leading your life from your heart or from your soul or whatever you'd like to term it um but basically you're leading your life from your internal compass instead of having life drag you around based on external rules regulations should you know all the rules that we have in society which are just you know not for people's there are rules in society obviously that are good for people's highest good because it helps us keep as a integrated society but the stuff that's sort of you know archetypal or patriarchal or you know women shouldn't should do this should do that shouldn't do that what you should do for a job what you should do with your families how the rules that we play um whether they serve us or not and just to question those things for yourself so that's what the what that's why i started the wellspring goddess collective is because the idea through that is to fill your well and so that you're giving from your wellspring and not from a well that's only half full or dried up or whatever so that is what i you know that's what i've done with the training since and i've also done many free um, meditation challenges uh, i have another course that's a meditation essentials course which is like the best um, class to take to get like a really broad um, knowledge of meditation how it helps your you know how it improves health why it improves health uh, how it can improve your life how to do it um, and then also the different levels of consciousness that you can experience through regular meditation uh, so that your path on your meditation journey is sort of a little bit um, sketched out so that when you do go through different experiences or find yourself 
deepening and wondering what you're experiencing or why, then you already have sort of like a, an introductory knowledge of what you're experiencing and then you can dig deeper from there. Uh, and to just, I think my aim now is to just really get women together um, in community. I Like the purpose for me is to just have women realize their own unique power and truth and like to hear their soul and to be guided by their soul and so that you know this world is I mean I mean it's a bit of a mess right now <laughs> to put it frank frankly or to put it lightly really and so we just need to all stand up and like do what we are here to do um, and be the best version of ourselves that we can so that between all of us we can weave a new way of being a new way of being on this planet a new way of being with others um so that you know that's that's my vision so that we for our kids for our grandkids we have you know something we can do better we can do better in almost pretty much every way <laughs> at this point uh, anyway so that is a brief introduction i don't know if it would be brief anymore but that is my journey that is how I come to sit here uh, starting this podcast um, because I have been doing, uh, you know, I've sampled with YouTube, I've sampled with blogging, and I just feel like it's, I think this is the simplest way for me to get my thoughts out, to share my vision, to share my knowledge, and then to also seek and look for other people to learn from and to discuss topics uh, that mean a lot to me, that mean, hopefully, that can influence my community in a way that, you know, cheers them on to, you know, take that step to do that thing in your heart that you're called to do um, and to just uh, make yourself a priority, uh, basically, uh, because through that, you'll lead by example and you will find that your life turns into something of great meaning, of great fulfillment. It's like the most magical thing you could experience when you are putting your heart's desires and your soul is guiding you as opposed to all of the demands of like a regular life which can get overwhelming and women in general we give too much we are you know constantly caring about what how others are doing we are giving 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 and it is time to realize that we are so much more of a present loving essence when we give to ourselves first and then to everyone else from our wellspring all right, so thank you for tuning in to my very first episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and I will see you next time. And yeah, I will see you next time. Take care, and have a great day.